0: Shall we begin?
1: Let's begin. This is incredible. Johnny Boss with a masterful solo goal.
0: What a finish from Samuel Silvera. Robertson and the Man City youngster opens the scoring equalized right at the end this is the soccer who's podcast the show all about australian football as we look to unearth the next generation of socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold welcome back to soccer who's podcast my name is lachlan and to my right seated seated next to me is james and james how are you I'm well, thank you, mate. Yourself? I'm going I'm going pretty well. Uh before we go any further, special welcome to Destination New South Wales and whoever it was that reversed the decision uh that shouldn't have been made in the first place. Uh Thank you, Saudi Arabia, also for offering Danny Townsend a bag. Exactly. Uh I mean I, I think we we extended our gratefulness to Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago. But hey, gratitude is welcome on this podcast. This podcast is all about gratitude uh, but more so expressing thankfulness is healthy it is I, and i agree with that James. Uh, but this soccer podcast is about soccer the soccer specifically and as we look towards the future hoping to one day win a men's world cup hoping to win a women's world cup we don't we don't mind we'll we'll take both but this podcast specifically looks at the men's side of the game and we want to help uncover this next Golden generation full of footballers, and to, yeah, to see the Socceroos one day win a World Cup. Uh, big show coming up today. We've got Socceroos, two games that have played since we last recorded uh, a game against England, game against New Zealand, rivals in other sports, not traditionally rivals in football, but uh, yeah, we'll recap that. You know, under 20s also playing well at the Marbella football, went undefeated. We'll chat a little bit about that. And then Got a little bit of a preview of the A League. We're not an A League podcast specifically, but considering most our talent for the Socceroos comes through the A League, and we are A League fans, we figured let's let's give it a little bit of a preview. But uh, first up, should we get into this review of the England and New Zealand game? Let's do it, uh, James. First up, it was Saturday morning, uh, and it was early our time. We're we're in Queensland, so four forty-five. Five forty-five for the rest of the eastern seaboard. Uh, was it worth waking up that early? Do you think for for what we saw against
1: England? Oh, I think it was a very entertaining game, mm. um, both for fans of each side and I'd match neutral as well.
0: Yeah, I mean Wembley was sold out. Uh, can't say the exact same about uh, Brentford's stadium for the soccer rashes. W- whether you can say it was the who solely that led to the sellout of. Well,
1: Naturally. Yeah. And I mean, they're the only team that sold out their merchandise as well. I didn't say the English merchandise sold
0: out. Great observation. And I guess for the New Zealand game, the New Zealand national team had a negative effect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it turned people off. So it, so it would have been a sellout. Mm-hmm. And then... If it was based in London, it would have been a sellout as well. I'm yeah. Sure. Well,
1: that, Brentford, that, you know, a bit more travel for both sets of fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only a little bit more travel. <laughs>
0: uh, but this, this England game, it was, you know... You see the starting lineup announced. Uh, I I woke up and I was like, okay, this is a little bit interesting. Rolls, experiment once again on uh, the left-hand side at left back. Nice to see Ryan Strain uh, starting for his first start for the Soccerers. And I'll be honest, as someone who... I would say that Maslowongo has been one of my favorite Soccerers of the the last decade. I was a little bit disappointed to not see him start. Uh, Backus and Urban, I think, did a, a... Pretty decent job in the double pivot. Metcalf, I think, played really well. And you know, for a while, it looked like we actually could get a result against England.
1: Yeah, I mean, we played very well. Um, One thing I have very much come to respect more and more about Graham Arnold is he knows how to set up against, you know, better opposition. Mm. He's done that very, very well, and he's proven that time and time again, that if we want to result against better op- opposition, Graham Arnold is very much currently the man, I think, to set us up for that. Uh, and you know, in a four-four-two defensive structure transitioning into a, you know, a bit of a three-two-five kind of a shape in counter-attacking uh, areas. Uh, we were very much solid defensively, very good defensively in my mind, um, which is great. You need to be solid defensively against these side and sides and we provided enough of a threat in the final third. Uh, what was our undoing uh, was the inability to beat the press with mm-hmm. uh and there's multiple ways to be depressed, right? There's through, there's around, and there's over. Um, and we really had to resort to over time and time again um, because we just struggled to go around or through, uh, which is a bit of a structural issue. Uh, but overall, I, I was very impressed with the team. I thought they played very, very well. I think the idea of the 3-2 and build-up uh, play and transition play was good. Uh, but wasn't executed very well by, especially the three at the back, they struggled a bit positionally.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time, obviously, the the three at the back have played together, only playing you know, against Mexico, but I, I think there's a reason that we saw a change in the New Zealand game and, and Rolls wasn't playing left-back. It's not really his position, is it?
1: Could be, uh but yeah, currently definitely isn't. He just doesn't really have enough, you know, experience playing it. Uh, playing as a wide centre back is very much a learnt role, uh, and you had to spend a lot of time playing the role to learn it. And yeah, he, he's just not familiar enough with it, which ultimately was his downfall. And quite often we saw him tuck quite wide uh, on the wing, uh, which you know is great for a fullback. But when you're transitioning to a three back, was Ryan Drain pushing up? he has to come a little bit more centrally to enable Burgess to slide to the dead middle and then enable Suta to push to the kind of wide right area. So a bit bit of an issue there in terms of shape and structure in build-up play, which meant we had to always go over because we never really had the structure to go around us through the press.
0: Uh, In terms of subs, Arnold opting uh, to use all six subs. We saw Lewis Miller get his first cap. Also, Moture was his first cap Love for the that. Socceroos. Uh, and yeah, I, I was reflecting on this on Saturday. Saturday was a big day for me. I had to fly to Sydney and then flew back early Sunday morning uh, for the National Radio Awards. Wow, you're big time. Uh, well, I'm not exactly big time. I'm at least second best new producer in Australia. Didn't quite get the gong, but that's all right. Uh, but it was a big day because I, I was up early. And then I, I'll be honest, I didn't get to catch the entire game because I had to then jump on a flight. But I remember reflecting on it, going, what, is, what are the takeaways? What are the positives out of this? And I remember going, well, look, I think we held our own against England. I think we did really, really well. Arnold, as you just said, uh, to his credit, knows how to set up against a side that should beat us. He, he, he sets up quite well, sets us up to play on the counter, and relies on us converting you know, on those opportunities that, that we have. And... And there are a couple of those opportunities that, yeah, we missed. I think Ryan Strain, oh, you know, I'm lamenting the fact that he probably should just put his laces through it rather Mm. than trying to side foot. He didn't want to sky it, obviously, over the bar, and so he's trying to place it. But I reckon if he just puts his laces through through that and leans over the ball, that ends in the back of the net. And, And there are another couple of chances that, a couple of free headers that we could have had, could have gone on target, uh, a couple of decent shots we we're making as well. So I'm not saying that we sh- we should have won that game by all means. I think a, a draw would have been potentially a, f- a fair result based on how both sides played. I think England obviously is the better side. They were. they just took their chances, really, and that was the difference. Yeah, and so I'm not too disappointed with a 1-0 result, but I was really excited to see Lewis Miller and both Mo Touré as well. Start for the Socceroos. I and I think you were you as well. We both love watching new talent come through. and New talent being bled through, and as as people who do a podcast all about the future of the Socceroos, to Graham's credit, in the last two years, I think two years ago, we would have been saying that. Oh, I hate how much he isn't giving new players opportunities. We were seeing Ryan Grant <laughs> starting. Yeah, even even Redmayne, I still. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. I don't fully understand why he still gets selected other than vibes, and I, that's obviously why he he does get selected. I'm less, less upset about Redman because Matt Ryan is our number one. Yeah. and third,
1: third choice goalkeeper, Yeah, right?
0: but I think to Graham's credit, he has done a great yeah. job in the last two years of bringing in younger players and giving them opportunities, and we saw that. Miller then obviously playing in the New Zealand game as well, But I I love seeing that, that we're giving these younger players these opportunities, introducing them to the national team. And as we approach this next World Cup cycle, there will be a a number of old players, the old guard that might have to step away. And we're going to have to rely on on some of these new boys like Vachis, who now has a number of caps to his name, like Metcalf, who also has a number of caps to his name, who are now, you know, Starters for soccerers, whether they're regular starters or whether they're just kind of rotational, but they've started games for soccerers, and that's going to be really important when we're going through this qualification stage in the lead up to the 2026 World Cup.
1: Oh, hands down. And yeah, credit to Graham Arnold. He's identified the key needs in the squad as well and focused on bringing true players in those roles that are younger, right? Um, and rather than lamenting on older talents and just trying to hope they hold up. Mm. Uh, and that's a brave thing to do and I was very impressed they did it at the World Cup because too often you see international man- managers do a li- you know, a bit too late you know, yes. too little too late kind of a thing where they try and bring through these youngsters at the last moment because they realise, oh no these old guys are done kind of like, you know, Jordan Henderson for England for example, where these old players stick around for a oh. little bit too long uh, and young oh, players don't Jordan have the Henderson experience do. come Tons of a
0: Euro. Sorry, I'm, I'm distracting you. Uh, I found it funny that Gareth Southgate was like, I don't know why anyone's booing this guy. What's what's the deal? Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. I, I think that Graham is making the smart decisions. Yeah. Uh, the one decision that I still don't quite understand, and maybe use as a way to transition to talking about this New Zealand game as well, is Jordan Boss at left wing. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's one of the two position issues Australia still has, right? Mm-hmm we fixed both fullback slots in my mind. uh very much fixed the midfield in terms of Rogic and Moy finishing up their careers. Um which not th- that
0: they were issues, they No, they just left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're retired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's an issue that, that they would be retired. the retired. That would be a very hot take to say eh, Rogic and Moy, they've been issues in the, the soccer no, is the
1: issue was that they left.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> um
1: then, yeah, obviously, we've shawled up the right wing a little bit, so it's striker and left wing. That's the issue. And you may think, oh, we've got heaps of wingers. Well, Graham Arnold wants to play with a left-footed left winger. Mm. And if it isn't Craig Goodwin, currently, natural left wingers after that is um, a certain Connor Payne. Yeah. <laughs> and Marco Tillio. Mm. You know, ma- Maybe a g- bit of Alex Parsons after that, right?
0: <laughs> okay, that's, that's outrageous. But
1: that's kind of like the level of drop-off you're speaking about.
0: Yeah, and in terms of naturally left-footed left-wingers. Yes. It doesn't help that Connor Payne is probably past the standard that we want for the national team. Marco Tilio is an up-and-coming he's player. Been, he
1: was injured, though, as well, for this camp. So that could be another reason. But he's why. also
0: then not getting... Yeah. Even though he is injured, he's just made a move to Celtic. Mm. And I imagine that he is on the fringes of that squad. He's not a regular player like he has been in the past for Melbourne City and... Game time is important. It's arguably less so for Graham Arnold for, for certain key players in this one. We've seen the likes of Harry Suter, who's, I think, our best centre-back, so it makes no s- sense to not pick him. But game time obviously isn't important when it comes to him. But I would like to think that game time is important for the yeah. rest of the players oh, and of when you're picking a squad. And so, if Tilio doesn't exactly make the mark that we're hoping him he will make at Celtic, then... Yeah, there's a little bit of concern. And back to Jordan Boss. I
1: think he was fine there, right? He he was fine. Uh, and all things considered, he was good compared to the rest of the team, right? He was a good left winger. Mm. But my issue is he was good, but we know that he can be absolutely phenomenal.
0: At left, at left back. Yeah, sure.
1: So he struggled compared to the expectation of how good he can be.
0: Yeah, okay. Because I know that you're getting into a little bit of a beef on, on X, on Twitter. Uh, people going, what do you mean? So, do you want to explain?
1: Yeah. Um, Jordan Boss struggled at left wing, uh, in my mind. And that's... When I use the word struggled, I don't mean he was bad. Yep. I just mean, I know how good Jordan Boss is, and he struggled to reach that level of his playing ability from the left wing position. And all the times where he was really good out there, he was doing things they would have just done as an overlapping left back anyway. Yeah. Okay. And that's the really big one. Uh, because when he was actually asked in, in advanced positions to do things that a left winger would, he just didn't do it. couldn't do it. Uh, because he doesn't have enough, you know, inside dribbling ability in tight spaces to beat his man one-on-one and he doesn't have enough pace with ball. Um, because I think, in my mind, when you're playing with an outside winger, which is what Graham Arnold was trying to do with both Boyle and Boss, you the number one skill is speed with Ball. Okay. You need to be able to pick up the ball and beat the opposition fullback for pace down that wing. Yeah. And Boss is an extra exceptionally fast player, one of the fastest in the squad. But when the ball is at his feet, he's not that quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, and that meant he struggled compared to just how good he was in left-back scenarios throughout the match when Bayich overlapped and he had to play as a left-back. That's what we saw, the jolly boss, you know, that we used to have, you know, beautiful, deep runs, finding space and finding that inside player on the edge of the box, all these little things that he is so good at. Uh, So I just felt that we would have just been better served, just play him at left-back, surrender this whole idea of, you know, a wide left-winger, uh, switch Luongo and Bacchus around, <laughs> mm-hmm. which would then help that as well. Um, and just restructured the team ever so slightly um, to achieve that purpose. Uh, I don't think trying to force this idea of, you know, wide wingers is helping the Socceroos in this specific instance when we don't
0: have a true left winger. Sure. You mentioned Luongo just then. Uh, oh, best player in the pitch. Obviously. Wasn't really close. As I As I mentioned just before, I woke up Saturday morning, a little bit sad to not see Luongo get in the starting 11, but named against New Zealand. And I think he is just, he is a different class when it comes to a football. He, in the same way that Moy is able to dictate tempo, I think he did that incredibly well. And I'm not saying he is the new Moy because he's his own player, but I just loved... He isn't the fastest player on the pitch. And and some people would go, oh, well, well, it looked like he struggled to meet the the tempo of the game. No, no, no. I think he actually set the tempo. Wait, people said that? Yeah, yeah, Holy smokes. He set the tempo when he had the ball. That first goal came because he didn't rush things. He took the ball to the byline, played the ball back, which set up the cross uh, for... Chikati, however you want to say it, Chikati, yeah. Uh, and then he was able to head the ball back across to Sutar slash Duke, mm. whoever's claiming it. I think officially,
1: Sutar was well the scorer officially.
0: Well, other 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 places I saw were saying Duke scored. So I don't know. It's, well, it, the the claim is that it grazed Sutar's Jeez. chest. What's
1: going on here? First you're claiming people are saying Luongu wasn't good. Now you're saying Duke. It was claimed the goal scorer. Well, and, and this Jeez. is
0: this is the confusion. Uh, I mean, you're using FOTMOB right now. It's it's claimed that Sutar was given the goal, but I, the video that I saw on the official Socceroos website said that Duke was awarded the goal. So, uh, you, you, reel me that. But back on Luongo.
1: I just can't believe people said he wasn't up to speed because he was the best player on the pitch. He dictated the speed for the entire game. I agree. Every single positive opportunity on the pitch really came through Luongo. That's how good he was. And he did something that I haven't seen an Australian footballer do in a long time, which brings our game to the next level when mm. they're playing lesser opposition, which is drive. And instead of just crossing it in, like so many Australians will just do, like, oh, yeah, get in there and just hope, right? Someone's tall enough to head it in. Which I think is the instruction.
0: I don't know if they're just doing that.
1: <sighs> nah, look, it's it's the instruction of most Australian football, which is sad. So it's ingrained in them as a trait. Uh, But he brought it back out, and he found the right backwards diagonal ball. And look, that's the kind of stuff that we just need. Mm. A place that can penetrate space, retain possession, which opens up space to everyone else in the pitch in more dangerous positions, right? And I just want to see Irvine and Luongo in the midfield so badly because Luongo instigating space like he was, finding that space, creating holes in the opposition defence, and then Irvine with his goal scoring prowess running from deep onto those balls that he's dragging back. That could be absolutely deadly. And I, I want to, I hope that is our midfield come Asian Cup time. Because as good as Bacchus is, Bacchus is better against high level opposition because he's really good at breaking up play. But when we need to bring the play to the opposition, that midfield of Longu and Irvine is just levels above.
0: Yeah. It, I, I, uh... I got excited, to be honest, watching, not that I haven't been excited watching the Socceroos, you know, in the last four years, but there's just something about Luongo on the pitch. For me, he brings something that I just truly appreciate in a footballer. Just, he's so, so classy. Uh, and in in many ways, Moy had similar traits as well, but I, I hope that we see a lot more of Luongo And like, post-match as well you could just see how much it meant to him to be back out on the pitch he's obviously been away from the soccer squad for quite a while and just to see him even when they're singing the national anthem before the game and the the joy that that brought him to be back doing what he does best playing for the national team helping hopefully to create more asian cup memories within the next year Yeah, so great to see. He's a leader within that squad, Mm. even despite being out of the squad for ages. And long may it continue.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, I think the last player I want to touch on, um, actually two players, one midfielder, uh, another one, Colin Metcalf, I thought, had a phenomenal Mm -hmm. camp. A really important player and has really grown, especially in that number 10 role. Um, Kind of playing as, you know, a nine in defence, then dropping in as kind of like a shadow striker yep. uh, in attack, and was really, really good at finding those pockets of space. And more importantly, because we were playing over, right? We were playing over the press. Yes, we just struggled. And against New Zealand, we were able to play a bit more through the press, uh, which is when he really started to shine in picking up those pockets between the lines and playing it through to his feet to break the press. and having Luongo off and running on and he's laying it off to Longo and have broken the press like that. Mm. He was very, very important. And he, we haven't really seen that much from the tense that Graham Arnold has used. Mm. Um, Irvine isn't really a natural, uh, that kind of thing. Irvine so likes to play with, you know, facing the goal as opposed to back to goal. Yep. Uh, but Metcalf was very comfortable back to the goal, re- receiving the ball, hot the pitch and helping to break that press. And I thought he had a phenomenal camp. Uh, defensively as well, broke up a lot of play and pressed very, very intelligently.
0: Yep. No, I agree. I think he, as you just said, great camp from him. Uh, one of those somewhat understated players. I think if you were to look at it, like if Riley McGree is to play the 10, he's a bit of a flashier player. Yeah. yeah.
1: He wants to turn an attack. Yeah. Whereas Metcalf brings
0: everyone in. and And so that is maybe something that people might not appreciate initially. But... Yeah, I think he, he played incredibly well against uh, both England and New Zealand. And, and he'll be able to go back to St. Pauli with confidence, knowing that he's, he's had a great showing in this camp.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the other player was arguably the most composed player on the pitch. Oh, which is impressive considering it was his debut at 20 years of age.
0: It was fantastic to watch. It's almost I loved like it.
1: There's a reason that we've been calling for this player to get his
0: cap for multiple
1: camps in a row and for
0: months before that. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted because I I do love Cam Burgers. I, I love the, the Cam burgers Sutar combo, especially using their height against some of these Minnow nations that we'll be playing in the next couple of months. But... Sicardi. Oh. And if Graham Arnold wants to stay with his Oh yeah, spam that button.
1: Yeah, that sounds terrible. Also, if Graham Arnold wants to stick with his three back, Sicardi's done that before. Yeah, he He's has. Played it for Palmer. Play him at right back and hybridised his three backs that way and have Boss then as the overlapping left back doing what he does best.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, I I, I agree. You I
1: know, we have our heaps of right wing left wing. Right footers that want to play in the left wing, yep. so they can cut inside. So you still get this natural shape, and then we keep our right footers because we have way more right footers on the right wing to hold the width. Yeah. Like it just ticks all the boxes. The advanced forward kind of dropping into that right space, you know, from that number yep. ten roll, sh- Duke up top. Then you have your double pivot with one of them pushing high up into that space to balance out the five.
0: The f- We're cooking the, the five being the yeah yeah okay sure. Just, you, you've used lots of high, not high level, but football terms. Yeah, sorry. I was getting, you're getting I was really, getting excited. You're getting really excited. Yeah. Explain that in layman's terms.
1: Sicardi. Yep. Drops as a right back to make a three back. Yep. Slots Jordan, in, slides yep. across. Yep. Um, Left back, Jordan Boss, joins the attacking five, which is your striker. Yep. Your number 10. Yep. Your right wing. Yep. And then what you can do is you have your two midfielders kind of sitting, one so of them pushes
0: up, and one of them can push up. Okay, thank you. I I knew what you were talking about, but I want to make sure that this is accessible. I know there are people who I show this to who maybe only watch soccer rose games and yeah. don't know what all those terms mean. So,
1: so striker in the middle. Yep. No number we'll, ten we'll on that. the right inside yep. half space. Left winger on the left half space. Left back, wide player. Yep. Right wing, wide player.
0: Fantastic. Uh, back to Sicardi.
1: Yes, he was. Oh man.
0: Yeah, he he and Luongo both starting in that game, and maybe maybe it was because we we're playing New Zealand, but fantastic, oh. fantastic.
1: Long passing distribution as well. He can ping a long ball, which is something and that that's what makes me really encouraged because. So, Cardi's long ball distribution was so, so good. When we see our Graham Arnold lines up against England, right? We play over the press. Burgess is, to be honest, very poor at long ball distribution. Mm. Not his game at all. Sutar was, tr- you know, he's not great at it, but, you know, he can fill that role a little bit. Yeah. But his role is best at short passing. So, Cardi's a phenomenal long ball distributor. I mean, he had Imagine him, uh, yeah, accurate passes. Oh, man but but the long balls the line penetrating yeah. balls the medium pa- the medium passing was phenomenal as well on the ground yeah imagine him pinging it up to Mitchell Duke Mitchell Duke wins everything that's in his vicinity if it gets there Sicardi yeah. will put it in his vicinity every single time and that's how good he is with the long ball yeah it, it's a gem and this is a center back that can be the Australian center back for the next 10 years
0: next next 12 years you could you could go for the next three world cups with Cicardi, yep. being there, that's how good he is, which is crazy to think about it. So what? What's that? The the our next World Cup will be the he could theoretically play the twenty thirty four World Cup.
1: Yeah, I yeah, not going through the math. But no, yeah, yeah. The twenty
0: thirty four World Cup we could through World him. cup cycles
1: we will have yeah him before playing at a high
0: level. Yeah, wild, wow. incredible, incredible. So, like, yeah. Once again, long may that continue as well.
1: A huge coup as well for ca- capturing from Italy. Yeah, well, yeah. And apparently not the only dual citizen with Italy coming over to the Australian side.
0: And that could be that could be exciting. We can chat more about that. A bit later. In another, in another podcast. I think I would like to see that specific player get a little bit more game time mm. at club level, but still exciting, still a high potential player and still one that you and I both, despite controversies that uh, this player may have involved themselves in, we're, we're still stuck by them.
1: Yeah, We're really protecting the confidentiality of yeah, this player, yeah. aren't we? Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's a legal thing.
1: Yeah. It's also just a protection from raging people on X, right? Twitter.
0: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back
1: to Sicardi. Phenomenal. And, man, please, can we just see him in every Socceroos camp? As long as he's playing, as long as he's healthy, and can we just keep on starting him, please? I agree. I I don't care if it's a right back, centre back, just this guy needs to be starting every single Socceroos game.
0: I mean this in the nicest way possible, but I think that performance meant the end of Degenek.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Degenek was, yeah, he was at his end anyway.
0: I I know, but I think when you see a player like that, with that level of composure... Degener has been a great servant for the Socceroos, Mm. but I just, apart from his age and experience, Sakati has every other upside.
1: It's time for new blood there as well. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I think that's probably it from the Socceroos recap, right? Yeah. Nothing else really to say.
1: Goodwin was exceptional when he came on the left wing and that really also exemplified the whole boss left wing kind Mm. of thing.
0: Still, I think in need of a striker, uh, Borrello does a good job at A League level. still mm. think he's found wanting somewhat at the I mean, there was that miss. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm alluding to. Yeah. But well, let's not dwell on that no, miss. No. Let's, hey, how good was Luongo and Sakati? Oh, man. So great. Man,
1: I'm keen for the Asian Cup if these two are selected and playing regularly. Me too. Please, uh, Graham, please. Please.
0: <laughs> uh, look. Senior football wasn't the only international football played over this break. We've also had some, some under twenties matches at the Marbella tournament in France. Shall we? Shall we chat about that? Sounds good. Over the last few weeks, we have witnessed, and I say we've witnessed. We've really only seen the full time graphic. The <laughs> we've foo- witnessed the
1: social media feed.
0: Exactly. <laughs> that Football Australia have uploaded oh. because haven't really been able to access this. Although I will say, John, uh, I. Grimo or Grimaud. Grimold. Grimaud. Grimaud. Uh, John, please get in contact if, uh, to let us know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, John's involvement in the game, I believe he is an agent and you know, is heavily involved in Australian football and the sort of guy that, yeah, he, he's got his finger on the pulse. And so he, I think he was actually over there uh, and and heavily involved. So he has posted on Twitter... Uh, a little bit more information. But quick overview of the games. Three games, France, Netherlands, Denmark. Three football powerhouses, especially in the men's game. Uh, Although I'd say Denmark, not so much powerhouse because I reckon that that Australia absolutely own them. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Uh,
1: I mean, I think that more so speaks to Australia's ability rather than Denmark's ability.
0: Well, we've gotten them now at a World Cup. We've gotten them now, uh both in the men's and the women's world cups, I should say. And now at the Marbella for what seven six on pens, that was the third game we did play. Uh Waddingham and Brantman, uh Bailey Branton from Sanders Cross Mariners, Thomas Waddingham from the Raw, uh scoring in regular time, win seven six on pens. Uh you know, then before that we had Netherlands, Australia won all again, six five on pens, Waddingham scoring, and then the first game, France, also one all, uh Bailey Brantman scoring in that game. And we think it's 1-4 on pens. The the
1: graphic of 2-5 just doesn't really do the math, yeah, does we're, it? We're
0: try, trying to work out how you can get 2-5 in a penalty. Um, but b- believe it's 1-4 on penalty shootouts, which uh, is a scoreline that is possible in penalties. And yeah, great right to see us, obviously, after full-time, matching at least with Netherlands, France, and Denmark uh, at a junior level. And then going ahead and, and, and winning on penalties. I'm not sure other than bragging rights, what that necessarily, whether there's extra funding that c- comes from that or whether it's just the knowledge of... Just getting won-
1: young players used to international yeah. penalties, really. Uh,
0: but great to see we were able to, to win a penalty shootout three times in a row. And, you know... I hate to just be someone who looks at the, the score sheet, but uh, Brantman and Waddingham both showing up and, and, and performing well. Uh, Waddingham especially had a great Australia Cup run scoring in the Australia Cup final. So heading into the A-League season where I expect he'll he'll have a part to play for Brisbane, he'll be feeling very confident. Hmm.
1: And another little under the line kind of thing is Mateo Mazone. Yep. In this camp as well, dual national with... Italy and Germany has represented both those nations at youth level as well. So good to see uh, another dual national continue to choose to represent Australia.
0: Yeah, oh, great to see, and we can take confidence under twenties. A a nice crop of young players, Mm. some some good players in that squad.
1: And this is also very important results for them because this is for them to build towards the biggest youth tournament in football, which is the Under-20s World Cup, uh, which is the most important, you know, youth tournament. Obviously, it's the World Mm. Cup. But why Under-20s specifically, you may be thinking? Well, it's because the players playing in it are all adults. Yeah. They're all over the age of 18. And that means it's the most heavily scouted youth tournament because all the best young players in the world are playing in it and they're eligible to move overseas, right? Because they're all Mm. over the age of 18. So clubs can come in and, you know, buy these players, ultimately. And don't have to wait till they turn 18. So the under-20s World Cup is absolutely huge for these players, this young crop of Australians. And, you know, the best clubs in the world will be watching that tournament. So absolutely imperative for, you know, Australia's development that we continue to make these youth World Cups uh, because we want the best players, teams in the world. Looking at our players, and if they're good enough, going to the best teams in the world.
0: And this is a, yeah, as I said, a high potential you know, young crop of players. We've already got Pavlosic at Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Liam Bonatig at Celtic, you know, just made the move from Western Sydney Wanderers. Then you've, you, you've also got the likes of Mazzone at Eintracht Frankfurt, maybe not one of the biggest teams, but still a, a very decent side in Germany as well. Paul Ocon Engsler at Benfica, so quite a, a a decent group of players.
1: Reese Uli as well. Yep. Where's Jordy Boss at Westerloo?
0: Yep. So some some great footballs, and then you've got yeah a, a, a great crop of players currently still in the A League. Waddingham. We'll get to an A League preview, but I imagine he'll play a part for the Yovanovic uh, Hall Caputo is, Hall is behind uh, Gauci, but I'm hoping that he gets. An opportunity here or there this season, depending on how things go, uh, and you know, Max Vatulie as well mm. at Aalborg in, in in Denmark.
1: Yeah, G- good for keepers, right? Great for keepers. Uh, but Stephen Hall really speaks to the need for Australia to have a national second division yes. because he needs to be playing senior football. He's good enough to be playing senior football, mm. but so is Joe Gauti, right? Yeah. So we need a national second division for these kind of players to you know go out on loan to or develop at at a yep. permanent level. Yeah,
0: so uh, some, some great players in there. Uh, Badalardo at Western Sydney, Max Middleby at Central Coast, Franco Lino at Melbourne Victory. So hopefully for... All the name drops. I know, what can I say? It's almost like I've got a list in front of me and I'm just reading them out. Uh, but yeah, great, great group of players in there and great to see them getting the results that... I'm not saying that we would expect because I certainly wouldn't have expected us to, to I, I guess, win three of the three games that we played I can't remember the last time Australia participated in any tournament, men's or women's and went undefeated. And went undefeated. So congratulations to to those players and, and hopefully as they head back to their respective teams, that you know they'll 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 go in with confidence and yeah, be excited by what they've achieved. For sure.
1: And speaking of those teams
0: that they'll be going back to, should we cover a few of them in our A League preview? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Now, James, last week the uh, the question, I guess, of the week on the question that we asked on Spotify was, who do you think? It was really just a summary of an A League preview. We asked who pick for grand final winners, premiers, Johnny Warren medalists, Golden Boot, and Golden Glove. Now we won't we won't necessarily do that. I guess we'll try and cover off all teams as briefly as possible. Um, we thank you for sticking around. This far, if you're in Euro snob, you only listen to the Socceroos stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, we hope that this next part is entertaining enough for you to stick around because some of these players probably will be playing for Socceroos at some point. Uh, but we did ask on Spotify. There's no way to do this on Apple, which is the the other platform where people mainly listen to us. But who the grand final winners, the premiers, Johnny Warren medalist, golden boot and golden glove would be, and getting a lot of love for some of these Sydney sides. Uh, we've got Dan, and we've got two Dans in, in the response to saying that Sydney are going to win uh, the double. Uh, Boone 52 saying that Wanderers are going to win the grand final. Premiers Ooh. are going to be Sydney. Uh, and Ben saying Central Coast are going to back it up and win, win the grand final once again. Okay. Premiers are going to be Western Sydney Wanderers as, as well. So a lot of love for you know, Sydney and Central Coast at this point in time. What are your thoughts initially on that?
1: Sydney makes sense. Yep. Um, I think they're going to be really good. And I think one player in particular is, I mean, I've got a Sydney player for my Johnny Warren sure. yep. prediction. Um, so I think Sydney will have a very good year uh, because of just how good Go on, they tell are. Tell
0: us who the Sydney, it's not, it's not, you Joe even, Lolly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think insane. I, he's a great player. Yeah. Great signing by Corica last year.
1: Yeah. And I think now with was the, the, the full before, preseason, no, last year. Yeah. Uh, but now with a full preseason under his belt, he's going to just hit the ground running, and he's my pick for Johnny Warren medalist.
0: I mean, and that's honestly that is what pretty much everyone else has said so far. People who've responded, uh, we do have a shout for Marco Tulio,
1: not bad. Uh, but I think Central Coast are going to have a bit of a slow start uh, and really ramp it up towards the end of the
0: season. Yeah, uh, Golden Boot. We've uh, we've got some Anson the new. Western Sydney Wanderers uh, player. Okay. Jamie McLaren is another shout. Uh, Alou Kowal. And I think also uh, we are seeing... Is maybe it's Tulio for Golden Boot. Uh, ben Felsen, the formatting is a little bit... No, he's gone. Sorry, I clarify. Golden Boot, Brandon Borelli, He's Okay.
1: Uh, I just think it's going to be Jam- Jamie
0: McLaren, yeah. right? But I like, think I agree with that. McLaren, he... he normal A-League player. Great A-League player probably one of the best of all time and him being on penalties for Melbourne city. I think Melbourne city probably will struggle a little bit this year comparatively to previous years. I
1: reckon they're winning the premier.
0: Really? I just, I'll be honest. I don't back Rado Vitasic. I think they've just got too much talent. I, unless, unless Rado is kicked out, I just don't see them finishing on top. I could be wrong. And and if you look at our A League preview from last season on YouTube Yeah, I probably will be wrong. Probably will be wrong. Yeah. Um this league is very hard to predict. Uh, finally, uh Golden Glove is the the other question we kind of asked. Uh sing shouts for Lawrence. Uh I'm assuming that's Lawrence Thomas. Yeah. Uh as opposed to someone whose last name is Lawrence, who I don't know of in the A League. Uh and then also Gouchy... Is the the other main one that Dan, uh, Boone Boonefield and Ben Falzen have also said. I'd go Jamie Young. I also would say Jamie Young. I think his the thing about Golden Glove right is that it's more about the defense in front of mm. you, and I think that, and Jamie
1: Young is also a good shot stopper, so it's yeah. kind of the best of both worlds, yeah. right?
0: I I would I think that Adelaide have a, a decent defense. I think it's you know it's going to be a, a big year for Popovich and and. I guess this youthful I say Popovich being Alexander Popovich as opposed to Tony. Uh but this youthful Adelaide side mm. that we've got, it's gonna be a big year for them. I just don't know whether Gauchy will get that golden glove.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't think so either. I think they'll leak a few too many goals, um because it's just the nature of the defense as opposed to Gauchy.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh shall we go through uh Gauchy Playing for Adelaide, probably the first name listed alphabetically. Should we go through each of these teams and kind of predict roughly where they'll finish? Not, I don't. I'm, you don't need to commit to a, a, a number. number, but roughly where they'll finish. Yeah, and sounds then like a plan. Maybe highlight some of the the players that are ones to watch. We did a breakout A League eleven a couple of episodes ago. Uh, players that we hope to see breakout and and play well this year. So go back and listen to that if you're interested in that. And there might be a little bit of crossover here, but. Uh, going through these these squads um, and these teams, Adelaide, I predict them to finish finals. Probably not the top three. Probably that four to six range. Mm.
1: I think they're going to be a little bit lower. I see them, yeah, maybe five or six, but I could also very much see them going seven, eight. Yeah. They're going to be really fighting for those final spots. Yeah,
0: they're uh, they're in definitely in finals contention for me. Mm. It heavily depends on how well Aaron Kunda, yeah, uh, for me can adapt to playing more regular football. He's been a great impact player. We know how good he is as an impact player. This is almost his Garang Kowal season. I know Garang also was an impact player before he went overseas. But this is his chance to really show that he's more than just a a 20-minute at the end, get a goal, get maybe two goals if needed, which is very much needed in a a site, someone who can be a game-changer. But... Someone who can be consistently relied upon. And I think with Craig Goodwin leaving as well, creative outlets for Adelaide United are depleting. Is that the word? They're certainly not going to be able to play through creative through Craig Goodwin, I should say. Yeah.
1: Because he's not there. They've lost arguably the best player in the league, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: and they've got some other really promising young players as well. You've got Johnny Yule. Um, oh, very good. Look, Bernardo, who's played at youth level for the national he's team, he's not
1: there anymore. Oh, he is still. Sorry,
0: what, what are you? What are you saying? I get him confused with
1: uh, Rafael Rodriguez. Sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. Uh, ben Halloran is is someone who is a part of the mm. A League and yeah. has been. He's that slight tier below Borello in yeah. my mind, but still a decent you know A League winger. Mm.
1: They also have one in in the uh, who is also an attacker in Ryan. Uh, tun- tuna Cliff Tuna Cliff Tuna Cliff Tuna Cliff no, I, th- I, th- I like I, tuna You know th- like The big fish
0: Yeah but I think Tuna has one N I think Tuna Cliff
1: Okay we'll go with Tuna Cliff Yeah But I think Tuna Cliff Is more fun
0: Tuna Cliff is more fun uh, Imagine just a whole Sheer cliff face Filled mm. with tuna Wow I um, like that No I don't, I don't I'm not really a seafood guy But uh, Ryan Tuna cliff, A great signing for Adelaide Do you think? Uh, I think it's kind of just meh Right I think it's a similar
1: kind of vein uh, of Zach Lowe. Obviously, Zach, Klo um, Clough, however you want to say it. Yep. He was, you know, a bit of a wonder kid back in the day. Yep. Fell from grey, struggled. Um, you know, and now here he is in Adelaide and I, I just think he's a very meh signing. Um, he's not really going to give you that upside. He certainly is a floor raiser, but he's not a ceiling raiser, right? Mm. Uh, so for me, the whole season kind of hangs on the development of and Kunda. Yep. the health of Johnny Yule, and the development to a lesser extent of Ethan Alagic as well, who I think is going to be a very important player in that midfield.
0: Luka Ivanovic as well, striker. True, yeah, he'll got, be an important player. Got Ibasuki um, who, returning from
1: international duty, yeah. of course, so he's out for this yeah. week because you know with the young soccerers. Uh, but yeah, Ibasuki, I think he's the better player. Uh, But maybe they're going away from that kind of target man kind of style with this younger side. So it could pave the way for Luki Ivanovic up top.
0: Yep. Uh, They play Central Coast Mariners in the first round. We'll we'll go alphabetically through, I I think, the the squad. So let's go to the Raw. Uh, (coughs) Prediction, once again, obviously, Australia Cup finals. Uh, Obviously, the runner-up there. I think they're going to do better than last season. Are they going to get to the heights that... Some Raw fans are predicting. I don't know. I uh, think cup football is very yeah. different to a full season.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I also, I think they'll be in the same kind of bracket as Adelaide. You know, sure. For a okay. final spot, could get it, could just miss out.
0: Yeah. Uh, they've been playing some very attractive football. I think the bringing in Florian Berenguer has been a great move for them. Oh, yeah, he's class, but he also just frees up Jay O'Shea, right? Yes. And that's probably the most
1: important thing. Yeah. Uh, as Jay O'Shea doesn't have two players on him all match because, you know, Akabari is like playing with 10 men.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you and I are both Raw fans, and I think it's fair to say Jay O'Shea has carried this team for the last couple of seasons and has just been crying out for another outlet to, to free him up to draw a player or two. And... To with mixed success, you know, Ar- Armiento, Henry Hoare have provided some creative spark for the Raw, but not in the same way I think that mm. Florent Berenguer is going to be able to provide yeah. for them.
1: Armiento and Hoare, they're, you know, they're wide players, they're support yeah. players, they're not a spine player. Yeah. The Raw just need another spine player. And that's what Berenguer is. He's another spine player with Jay Shea, with Aldred. And that's, you know, A spine defender and two-spine midfield is probably the most important thing in any football club. And the Raw finally have that.
0: I'm excited. I think Gamulka is probably not a player that will play many, if any, games for the Socceroos. I think he potentially could in the future. But I hope that he continues to grow this season because when he came to the Raw from City last year, he just, in, in the space of... Like one game, you could tell there was just something about him that was different to every other raw player that had played in that centre midfield. I th- I think uh, Aloisi has opted already for Coletti, uh, he's he's brought back. Personally, I'd like to see Gamulka. Yeah, play a
1: young player that can sell for a fee. Yeah, that's for f- the aging
0: Coletti, <laughs> yeah. who feels like he's still young, but he's really not. That yeah, young he's anymore. late twenties. Yeah, so. I think Gamulka is one of those younger players to watch. Obviously, Alex Parsons has been brought back from Sydney. From Meh. Sydney, sorry, I should say. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting squad, this this raw squad. It relies heavily upon imports such as O'Shea, mm. such as Berenguer.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is the extreme pressure that is on Thomas Waddingham. Mm. Because if he isn't, you know, if he isn't scoring regularly... Where are the goals coming from in this team, yeah. right? And that's a lot of pressure for a young player. Will he step up to the plate? Some points, yes. You know? But for a young player, the first season of, you know, pro level football, that's a huge ask. Mm. So I just think there'll be a few games where they're all just struggle to find the goals. Yeah. Uh, and for that reason, that's why I don't think they're going to, you know, be a
0: lock for the finals. No. it it as far as squad composition goes, it is a very interesting squad. You've got it. a a range of quite old A-League players with the likes of Hingert and Neville who have have been around for quite a while. Uh, And then even bringing Matt Acton back is an interesting one as a backup goalkeeper. Personally, I'd rather just invest in someone a little bit younger. Mm. And then you've got some younger players that I don't think we'll necessarily see in the Socceroos. They might be decent A-League players, uh, but yeah, it's strange squad composition. I'm also excited, player we haven't mentioned and we'll quickly move on because we realise that probably speaking a fair bit about the Raw, Kai Truen as well. is.
1: Yeah, I hope to see him replace Jack Hingard at some point, I think, at that right back spot.
0: Okay. he's he's. We've said previously on this show that he is a player that is so versatile that that is, might hamper his career because he played six, he's played uh, as a centre-back as well, he's played both left and right back. Played as an eight. Yes. So, Hopefully, I would love to see him lock down one position this season and, and really solidify himself in whichever position that is as a leading A-League player for his age, especially. Mm, for sure. Uh, on to Central Coast? Let's move to Central Coast. We could probably do a whole thing on, on the Raw, but we won't. Central Coast Mariners. Prediction, where, where do you think they're ending up? Definitely finals for me. Okay. I
1: think, yeah, that not that top end of... Mm. No. We're gonna compete for the premiership, but they're a finals team.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're they're just above or thereabouts Brisbane and Adelaide for me. I I, I think losing someone like Cummings is is a massive mm. loss for their side. Cummings was just ever reliable. They've and you know they've they've had other outs as well. Grant Kowal left halfway through last season, but Triantis as a really solid centre back. Caltech will still be there. You've got some some other decent players in there as well. And some some not bad additions. Christian Theoharis. Uh, I know you're keen to see Angel Torres.
1: Yeah, I think for me, he's probably their big... You know, that he's the player that will have the biggest impact this year. As good as Marco Tulio is, I think Angel Torres can have a Daniel Peña kind of effect okay. on his team.
0: Yeah. I think the other player worth noting is... Alu Kowal, mm. who has, has been brought back, signed up for, for a transfer fee as well, Woo. which really shows the level of investment there. Uh, Not
1: investment, the money that
0: burnt. Well, yeah. But there's, there's a level of investment to go, mm. well, we want to invest $100,000 to bring him back. And we hope that we're going to get a return on that investment. Well, I think similar similar, but different to Waddingham in the sense that I think there'll be a lot of expectation on Kowal because of the success of Garang for him to also succeed. And I hope that he does thrive, does thrive off the back of that. And we, we do see him succeed. He's not going to be Cummings is a different player to Cummings, but I hope that we, we see him you know, play really well this season yeah. and f- yeah, work his way back overseas. Yeah. The oh, for of the sure. League
1: season. Um, in addition, to Alou Kual, um, finish off with just some young players I really like. Obviously, we've spoken in depth with milkwell DiPizio, mm-hmm. good young player. I think Jack Wachowski as well, if anything happens with Danny Vukovic. Um, in terms of injury, he's ready to step up. Jingreek will be having a good season, I think, in his few bench appearances. But I'm super excited about Christian Horas. Mm. He'll be uh, having a very important season and will come in on the right um, as the replacement to obviously a certain Frenchman, which is departing over to I believe it was Saudi Arabia.
0: Yes. Uh shall we move on to the next cab off the rank? James.
1: And I believe that next cab off the rank per the alphabet is MacArthur.
0: I like that were you singing the alphabet song in your head as you were working Oh out? no, I just had this memorized. Yeah, okay, that's that's good from you. Uh yeah, MacArthur. Where do you think they're gonna finish?
1: Um I think they missed finals for me. I don't think it's wooden spoon areas, but I think they're missed finals.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, looking at the this squad, there's some... you got, you got De Vere, uh, Ulysses De Vere. You've got Daniel Da Silva, who is also is pretty good. Got a
1: bit of a hamstring issue right now, though.
0: Yeah. L- looking at the rest of this squad makeup, it, it doesn't really excite me mm. all too much. Yeah. I, I, I personally think that Matthew Miller is a, a pretty decent A league right back. He's not he's not the top, but he I think he's pretty decent. Mm. Uh and maybe because I've signed him in uh FM, Ivan Vujica. Oh yeah. He's also, you know, decent yeah. A-league left back. But I don't think they're moving the needle enough for no. this side.
1: For me, for MacArthur, the more interesting thing is young player development. Uh Ali Oogler, uh Raphael as well. Um Clayton Lewis uh, will be an interesting prospect as well um also i'm hoping that we see a decent amount of jake holdman and christian popovich as well mm. because those could be some jake Holman, especially is a really high upside player uh, so some really good young talents in MacArthur and i think for them kind of accepting you know that they're not going to be a final team. as good as the signing that germain was mm. uh, obviously from Ligon. I just don't think they're quite there, and I hope they kind of embrace the young player development side of things and use Jamais as a really good, you know, mentor to these young players coming through, especially someone like an Ellie uh, who I think has a phenomenal potential.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got Mombois, who's just a fun name to say. He's, I think potential as well. And then Rafael Borges Rodriguez.
1: Yeah. Rafael is a quality winger, uh, who hasn't had much opportunity with city, uh, now looking for a fresh start. So, uh, he'll be definitely an interesting one to watch. And I hope MacArthur give him, you know, just a run of solid starts.
0: A couple of players have obviously left MacArthur as well. So as you say, in a bit of a rebuild year Mm -hmm. in, in some ways, and hopefully they, they look towards their youth to help make that happen. Uh, Next, have off the rank Melbourne City.
1: Yeah, Melbourne City. Uh also a team that ha- you know a lot of change, right? Mm. A lot of change, for Melbourne City. Um, we could let the out, but we'll be here for a while if we yep. did that. Obviously, I think the biggest ones in my mind: Tilio, Boss. Yeah, Aiden O'Neill, massive losses for them. Huge. Yeah, Jamie Young, natural replacement for Glover. Move on. Um, ogarkovic I don't think is a good replacement for O'Neill. Um. I just don't like to fit as much. I, think I don't know.
0: It, I think Yugarkovic is a, is a decent A-league. I think he,
1: he doesn't have the engine of O'Neill. That's a difference for
0: me. Yeah. But I, Newcastle is a completely different side to city. I think he has done such a great job being one of the only bright sparks in a Newcastle side for me. Bring him into a city side where he is alongside players who can actually free him up to, play the way that he wants to play. Mm. I think you, you're looking at a much better player.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and basically announced as well as Andrew Nabu after he's with an Achilles injury. Yeah. Um, so uh, some significant changes for this team. Uh, still obviously retain Matt Lecky and Jamie McLaren. Uh, but for me, the big name is Arslan in this team. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year joining. The replacement in my mind to Barisha who of course finished up his loan spell. Uh, and also Saki will be a really, really interesting addition. Um, holds an Australian passport, so Bolter for the Socceroos. Maybe. Maybe. Um, he said that that's one of the reasons joining. I think Aziz bait is B-H, also a phenomenal signing as the replacement for Boss. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be by far and away the best fullback in the entire league this year. Uh, they won't really be close in my mind. Uh, In terms of youngsters, I think Callum Talbot is going to have a phenomenal year. Eli Lopane and Max Caputo are also very high potential players that I think will have a very, very good season.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see Lopane and Caputo as well. Look, Curtis Good is one of those players that we've spoken earlier on this episode about very quality centre-backs. For me, he's still an outside pick, maybe sixth or seventh best centre-back, Australian centre-back. And then when you're looking at left-footed ones as well... Mm. He's still there or thereabouts. I think there are others above him. And I I hope to see a a good season from him because we have seen him in in the green and gold before. Whether he will will get back to that, I don't know. I think the the standard of centre-backs has increased, but he is one of those leading centre-backs that we see in the A-League that is just very good. Yeah, very good. Uh, It's a good word. Melbourne Melbourne victory. Melbourne
1: victory. Uh, I think now we'll have a... um Oh, we didn't say where we think City would finish.
0: I said I've already obviously
1: said premiers,
0: finals, but I don't think they're going to win. I think I don't rate Bittersch. I I just don't think that he has shown enough that he can can have an A League winning side. Really interesting. When he took over at the Raw, you know, questions were asked, and I I still think that already we're seeing this City side struggling in comparison to the where they were when Norbo was in charge.
1: Okay. Interesting. Well, Melbourne Victory, yep. their crosstown rivals. Yep. I think they are also Premier contenders. I don't think they will be the Premiers, but I think mm. they'll be up there. And that's because of the recruitment. I think they have fixed yeah. their midfield, Lachlan.
0: Yeah, they've done a great job, uh, Melbourne Victory, at working out how exactly they want to play some... Great signings in there. Some great players in there as well that can do a great job at A-League level. I look at this squad. I like the look of Falami. I like the look of Economides. I lo- like the look of Arzani as well. Mm. I think giving him a chance to succeed, he's definitely not going to get to the levels that we once seen him play. Sure. Jake Brimmer, Johnny Warren medalist a couple of years ago, last year kind of went back to the level that he was playing two years before that. Mm. Is this another year where he goes, I need to step up again?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to have that free role. And I think mm. that's why he was so good. Uh, because he's a good creative player. I don't think he's as good as Melbourne Victory fans think he is or say he is. Uh, but I think he'll have a, you know, a decent enough se- season. Mm. Um, other players I'm interested in this year, Damien De Silva, I think is a huge mm-hmm. name for them. Uh, who will have a very good year. Uh, in terms of youngsters, I think Leno. Franco Leno, who is currently away on international duty, um, which is why he isn't in the squad to face in the FC. Uh, But Ryan Teague, I think, is going to be a phenomenal signing for them. I see him playing a good chunk of minutes, hopefully, uh, and I think he is the natural replacement for their departing captain.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I also love uh, Nishan Valupele. I think he's got lots of potential as well. Eli Adams is someone who won't get game time, I don't think. But he also has potential to, to to be a good footballer. So, yeah, one of these squads that I think looks way better than they have looked in previous years. And I see them also kind of making finals and, and being there or thereabouts. Uh, should we move on? That's six teams there already. Newcastle Jets traditional cellar dwellers and i think it will continue this season they've way too many issues off field they don't have an owner still and losing one of their better players in Yugakovic is not going to help things either
1: yeah they have a returning player uh who i think is the young player to watch uh returning on loan from wellington phoenix lucas moragas yes
0: yes A, a, a decent player. it's I'll be honest, a little bit depressing, I imagine, to be a Newcastle Jets fan because anything good leaves and then even the things that are good, you, you have to you have to have a player like um oh, what's his name? Played a couple of years ago. Pena. Pena, exactly. West who's, United who's not Western now. United player now. Western United. you have to have a player like Pena who can really move the needle and single handedly, you know, lift the spirits of the The entire... I mean, they just lost Thurgate as well. Yeah, Hunter Region. So, yeah, a a big, big task ahead of Newcastle. There's a saying in football, never fall in love
1: with a lone player. Yeah, I think Newcastle fans can just never fall in love with any of their players (laughs) because they're all leaving so quickly.
0: That's true. I mean, looking at this squad still, I I still like the look of Goodwin. I know we we talked a fair bit about him last year when uh, he was having some good form as well. I, I like the look of... You know, Aquilina, I think he's a a decent A-league right-back. He's one of these players that is is serviceable. He's not moving the needle. He's not setting the world alight necessarily. But in a struggling Newcastle side, he'll get plenty of uh, action and and see the ball a lot, I imagine.
1: Yeah, and I've obviously um, just brought in a new player, Clayton Taylor as well. Um, Winger, joining from Sydney FC. So... I think he'll also be a very important player for them this year and players that they're very much banking on uh, to really grow and develop and, you know, be in a bit of an attacking outlet because they don't really have many over there, do they?
0: No, they don't. It's a little bit sad. Uh, should we move on from Newcastle? Yeah,
1: look, I think that's most of the league towards Newcastle right now, which is yeah. a bit sad because, you know, everyone else is getting owners but Newcastle.
0: Yeah, I mean, Perth Glory is up next. They have recruited quite well. I, I still predict them to be... On those fringes of, of the finals, they're they're looking better, but I'm still not absolutely convinced at this point in time. Some some nice players in there though. Uh, who stands out for you?
1: Look, the big names in that Perth Glory squad who are you know obviously playing Newcastle Jets this weekend. Um, I think this is going to be an early battle to spoon in a way uh, because I think they'll have a I think they'll have a better year Perth Glory, but I think they'll still struggle. Obviously, big name. Um, over there is midfielder Ameni uh, injured start mm. of the year, so a bit rough there. Uh, but in terms of you know the development through the year, they brought in Susnya and I think he'll be a great partner for Lockman. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll be a very solid defense. Uh, but I think they're looking for an target to be a star player, and then looking for players like Daniel Beanie, um, Stephen uh to kind of develop around them. Uh, and really take that step up to really lift this team out from the bottom of the league. So it's kind of at the stage of like, yeah, it's good, you know, balance of A-League youngsters, um, some veterans like Oliver Buzanik, Uh But I think at the end of the day, they're going to be focusing on youth development come the midpoint of the season uh, as they kind of fight their way to be, you know, try and say, oh, look, we're a finals team, but never really quite be there.
0: Yeah, they've got Ollie Sale. In goal, he probably look to start. Probably be a bit busy. Yeah. Uh, and I do like the pairing of, of Lachman and Sushna. I think they're a decent centre-back pairing. I think the key probably for Perth is just keeping these key players fit and healthier. Adam Taggart, we know, has struggled with injury. That's why he's back in the A-League. It's less intensive than playing football in Asia. And he is a player that I still think can do a great job in the A-League, can potentially challenge for the Golden Boot if he's getting the supply. The key is whether he'll get the supply that he needs to score those goals, and that is probably where I find issue with this perth Glory side. Um, They've also got the likes of Ivanovic and Williams who kind of back up strikers, uh, if you will.
1: David Williams will probably be playing out wide more, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, he has done a job uh, at striker for a number of years, so... We'll see how this this Perth side goes. Yeah, for me, they're they're fringe finals, possibly not making finals. It really depends on how those injuries go. Alan Stadjic as well Mm. is a great manager. Yeah, And he's probably the only person that I can think of or one of the few people that could take a side like this and turn them into (laughs) A-league champions. And you go, oh, didn't expect that. So... That's why they're a little bit hard to predict for me. Yeah, for sure. Other team that I think you have a bit
1: difficulty predicting, Sydney FC. What
0: do you mean? I think they're. I think they're going to be towards the top. I think they. Okay. I think their top three could could win. Uh, we saw in the Asian, I should say, the Australia Cup, that they have quite a quite a decent squad. I Corica, I have question marks over this man because when he's making the right decisions, he's a great manager. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? But looking at the, the balance of this squad, it looks very, very good. You've got some experience in Jack Rodwell, uh, Alex Wilkinson as well. uh, Gabriel, uh, the Brazilian Ryan Grant. And then you've got some young players such as Joel King, such as Jordan Courtney Perkins. And that's just their backline. Like that's, that's decent balance in the backline, both mixture of Mm. experience and promising youngsters. Uh, Andrew Redmayne is there. I imagine he'll he'll be sticking around. But Adam Pavlovic, as well as a, is a decent uh, backup goalkeeper. Looking at through this midfield, Zachary De- Jesus, uh is fantastic. Jake Gobert-Reich, I know we've spoken about previously. Casarius Bratton, uh, Bratton to to lead the side this year uh, as captain. And then their you know, their attacking options: Robert Mack, Joe Lolly, Fabio. And then backups in Max Burgess, who isn't Socceroos level, but he's a decent A-League attacker. Patrick Wood as well. Uh, And then Jaden Kaczarski. So I think as far as squad balance and squad makeup go, Sydney FC have almost nailed it this season for me.
1: They're in a hard spot, though, in a way. Because when I look at the eleven, right? Yep. They've got phenomenal players, right? Fabio Gomez, I think, is great. Rob Mack is great. You know, Caceres obviously will be a regular starter, good A-League player. Ryan Grant, Luke Bratton, mm-hmm. these kind of players. Jack Rodwell when he's healthy. Joel King is kind of more experienced. To me. I don't, he's not a young player in my mind. I think we know what his level is and it's an A-League level. But you got so much good talent, young talent in this team. And I'm just concerned about their opportunity. Uh, I think they'll be up there, you know, at the top of them because of all that high-end talent. But yeah, Goodwood Reich, Courtney Perkins, Gerd, Corey Holman, Pat Wood, Scarsarella, Glasson, mm-hmm. DeJesus, De Pavlovic, Pachowski even. Like these are all players that I would, if they're on any other team, would be like, oh, this is one to look out for. Mm. And there's about 10 of them for Sydney FC. That's how nuts their recent NPL side has been. That's how good their youth
0: academy is. But doesn't that just speak to the fact that if a player, one of their first team players gets injured, the options they have off the bench and the depth that they have to have insane... I know that you're kind of thinking from a future perspective Mm. and developing players' perspective. Oh,
1: from a this year perspective, it's nuts. Yeah. But yeah, I just worry about the development of these players being stunted in the next five years.
0: Yeah, sure. Where take off your your soccer who's soccer who's I should say uh development hat and just put on the previewing the A league this season
1: this is one of the best squads I've seen in the A league in a long time
0: yeah exactly and so i think they Holding them back, I think, is Corrick is stopping this at times. Yeah, and and that's why I'm confused about that man. Because when he's firing, he's great. When but he's when he got, makes
1: a wrong choice, he'll then, quadruple down on it, it. Exactly. And try to validate it as the right choice rather than accepting it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think Sydney FC could well and truly do the double this year. Well uh, and
1: truly, Wellington.
0: Okay, well, that's... What, what a transition from you, James. <laughs> that was... Thanks, mate. Uh, let's let's move to Wellington who I don't think will be anywhere near. I, I, looking at this squad,
1: yeah, they're wooden spoon areas.
0: When Jack Duncan is your first choice keeper, I mean Alex Paulson, you know, might be challenging him, but I don't. I
1: hope Alex Paulson is starting just for the sake of future development.
0: Yeah, I I agree oh, with man. you. I mean, even though he's a Kiwi, but looking at this squad, it's it is pretty grim areas. I, I'll admit that I don't know too much about New Zealand uh, up and coming footballers. But even still, I'm, I'm looking at the makeup of this squad, especially when you've just compared it to Sydney FC, and I don't love what I see. I mean, Costa Barbaru says David Ball, uh, Oscar Zawada. Uh, I imagine the th- three attacking outlets. Krayev are, as well. Oh, yeah, Krayev. You're looking at th- those four players and going, yeah. Yeah,
1: look, the only thing that moves the needle is if Zawada has an insane year. Krayev steps up to the level that we thought he would last year. And you see a really good development from Oscar Van Hattem, who is mm. their, you know, their young star, really. Yeah. He's the kind of player of the future for them. So yeah, look, it's not a great squad. It's a squad in transition. And I don't think they'll have a great year.
0: Yeah. For me, missing out on finals. I, I don't think it's going to be a great year. I think they're
1: spoon areas. on. Yeah. I,
0: I, I agree with you. Not great. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, aside that I don't know if you've seen the meme where for Wanderers fans you see the preseason hype video and then you get excited by the first couple of games and then the season properly sets in and things are depressing and then they get worse and then the preseason hype video comes back around it's the same cycle for them each year and I'll be honest their their preseason hype video is getting me hyped I, their creative team I think as far as like social videos go and storytelling, I think best in the A League. As someone it's my job to to, to be across storytelling and, and to be across media stuff. They well and truly are some of the best storytellers in the league and if every club had the the media team that Western City Wanderers do, I think that the league would be in a very, 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 very good place. Uh graphic design wise, yeah, it's a different story, I think. Victory in Adelaide uh, generally do a pretty good job at that. But as far as pure storytelling, the fact that they can get their their fans hyped every year, and even I love the way they're doing their film uh, photography stuff as well. They're just great bunch of creatives down there, and I love to see that. So um, shout out to you. This podcast isn't about creatives in, in sport. So uh, we're looking at the, the mm. players on the pitch.
1: And somewhat ironically... Um they play the least hype football out there because it's true. The only good thing I think Western Sydney have going for them this year is they have the best centre back combination in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grodek uh, and Marcelo are phenomenal centre back pairing. I don't think Western Sydney will concede many goals. Uh, for that reason, I think Lawrence Thomas is in for a very good chat for Gone Glove as yep. well. It'll be between him and Jamie Young. But I just see it's been like just scraping into finals for me, Lachlan. I think we're going to make finals, but it's going to be it's going to be scrappy. It's going to be ugly because look, Varello's good. Rello will be important for them. They'll play four for two, right? They will play yep. Brexit football. And since then, I think, will have a decent enough year. Uh, but I think losing Leoni, that wide player, is going to be really impactful because to bring in. Really, Lachlan Brook is the replacement who doesn't really have that technical skill. I think it's going to be um, unideal. And their midfield has gotten a whole lot slower. I mean, you're looking at Josh Brilliante and Milos Ninkovic as your midfield, right? That's a mm. slow, slow midfield. So for a team that's going to rely on transition, I think their strikers are going to end up being too isolated, uh, struggling to create. And I don't know if I think Marco Redan will turn to you know quality young players to have around. Uh, to fix those issues because I think N. Simmons, Alex Bonatig even, uh, offers a lot of answers uh, and obviously they have a whole host of youngsters off for the young soccer roos right now who I think will be able to step up to the place to help them really, you know, step up to the level I think they could be Uh, but it's just a matter of will they be played? And that's always the big question. Will they be played? Because I think Marcus Yunus especially will be able to help with that Uni loss but i just not sure about that midfield. It's a very, very slow midfield.
0: Yeah, the midfield is very questionable. I agree with you. One of the best defences in the league. You've got the likes of Marcelo. You've got Donny Griddick as well. Uh, Gabriel Kler, mm. who I think was at last season, the first half of the season, definitely best right back in the league. Maybe tape it off a little bit. You've got Marcelo as well. Jack Clisby, who is an A-League veteran.
1: Borton Dylan Pieris as well.
0: Tate Russell. And then, as you said as well, Alex Bonatic. So very, very good uh, defensive outfit, I guess, for the Wanderers. But yeah, looking further forward, some question marks to be had. Alexander Badalato is maybe the other player that I hope will continue to break out and continue to play Mm. well for the Wanderers. And uh, finally, should we go to Western United before we wrap this episode up?
1: Sounds good. Um, for Western United, for me, I view them as a just outside the finals team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Daniel Pena will be a huge addition. Yep. Uh, but I, I, I just worry about the defence really, uh, because we all know John Aloisi likes to set up defensively, uh, but when your lead centre back is James Donaghy, I just not quite sure how that's going to go, so... Yeah.
0: Um, you don't think Emi
1: is... Emi uh, is good. Uh, he's not a lead centre-back, though. Emi is a supporting centre-back in the way he plays. I think he's their best centre-back, but he's a supporting centre-back by nature. I think Risden will be very important for them this year. I think he's going to have to bring a lot of stability. Uh, Sergate is an interesting addition as well. Um, they kind of have to... Res- you know, rely on scoring goals, I think, is mm. the big ask. I think huge year for Noah Botic, really important year for him, yep. uh, for them to do well. I think Riz Botanowski as well will have to have a really good year. Uh, and then after that, you're looking at their surrounding players. I think, you know, they've got Riku Danzaki obviously coming in. I see him as being a backup to obviously their big name, Daniel Pena. Uh, and this team reminds me a lot of the Newcastle team that Pena was in. Uh, which was kind of like the Daniel Pena show, right? Yep. If Pena's on fire, they're on fire. If he's not, it's not It's not pretty, right? Uh, so that's why I see well, he's not having their moments, uh, but ultimately inconsistency will get the better of them and they'll just miss out on the finals.
0: Mm. I mean, Seb Pascali also in the, Riku Denzaki is a, is a fascinating one. He was at the Raw on loan, smashed it, went back to Japan, came back to the Raw, really struggled. Somehow a transfer fee was paid for him to go to Scotland, Struggled there and then is now back in the A-League. Third time lucky for him? No. Okay. Uh, Angus Thurgate as well uh, in that side. And then Rami Nazarene is, is one of those other players who we've seen in and around the A-League. He's done pretty well as a youngster. It's his opportunity, I think, now to really go, okay, I'm not just an A-League youngster. I'm I'm, I'm going to be an A-League star. And I think hopefully for him... We, we see that from him at Western United. Yeah, I, for me, I think they, they're they going to miss finals this season. Um, but I do like... I do like He's not a youngster, but I do like Thomas Heward-Bell, who's obviously at Sydney FC. He's made the move to Western United. it has been a bit of a merry-go-round with goalkeepers. But I hope for his sake he, he does well. That'll be it for this episode. I don't know if I have a question for today. Uh, obviously, the A-League is kicking off. By the time you're listening to this, probably a game that's already been played. Maybe a game is about to be played. We hope you enjoy the first round of the A-League Men's this season. A-League Women's obviously back last week as well. If you're listening on Spotify, there'll be a question below this. We'd love you to engage with it. I will think about what that question is when I'm editing this show. Thanks for sticking around for this much longer episode. If you enjoy what you heard, please share it with a friend who's interested in the Socceroos interested maybe in the a-league as well we'd love to continue to grow the people who listen to this show and yeah hear from you as well that's why we'd love you to engage below in spotify Uh, until next week though enjoy the football catch you then